Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 41 of the Risk Cheese Radio podcast, your place for horological hot takes, taboo topics, and often unpopular watch opinions. As always, my name is Schmidt, and I'm joined by my good buddy. You guys know him. You love him. Mr. Bro Dinky. Bro, what is going on, my friend? Not too much, that big guy. Just another exhausting week of work. Trying to process all the all the the little new releases that I feel like I've missed, but I've I've been sort of brushing over and trying to collect before we did this. Yeah, there's been there's been quite a few things that have popped, kind of kind of sneakily, a little bit of of summer sprinkling out there, which has been pretty good. Yeah, I feel like summer is kind of the off season for most people, so dropping really super significant things during the summer is almost like a not a guaranteed miss, but you're gonna take a hit in the the ratings column right because yeah, yeah people are out man people are out doing their thing they're traveling this is yeah for sure taking summer fridays <laughs> going down to whatever the nearest shore is right everybody's got a shore that they go to of some kind exactly exactly i mean it's vacation time Pe- people are going to tie up money with other resources vacations trips you know things with family like that's that's a big deal so yeah, sure. you just and you're just not as connected you know you're not on the phone as much you're not browsing the websites, listening to the pods, reading up on things, right? That's what that's what the cold months are for when you're trapped inside and <laughs> and there's no escape. Yeah, it's exactly. Nothing but you and the internet, right? Yes. So, I've been trying to play catch up a little bit as best I can between work, the kids, life and such. For sure, for sure. How's everything on your end? It's good, man. Uh, just uh, been continuously traveling for work, so it's getting harder and harder to record these episodes. But uh, we always seem to to make it work for for our listeners every Monday. Uh, but everything's been good. Family's good. Kids are good. So uh, no issues there. Um, but uh, getting ready for some more uh, more business trips coming up soon. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, and sort What's of. Just working. <laughs> That's it. I, get, <laughs> it is, I got a lot never of the old ending, docket. Never yeah. stopping work. Just constantly. right now, absolutely. Uh, especially, you know, everybody's complaining about staffing shortages and everything. And I think it's it's across all industries and across all lines of work. And doesn't matter who you are. Everybody's hurting for workers and picking yeah. up a little extra slack and losing a little extra sleep. So that's where I'm at. Oh, for sure, for sure. It uh, is a constant problem. That's that is certainly for sure. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. Everyone's affected. But you do not come here for economics. You came here for watches. And in the spirit of watches, we're going to touch on a few before we get into main topic. I guess first and foremost, Hodinky, Salmon, Chronomaster, any thoughts? I think it was an exciting release for, for people that are really passionate about Zenith. I think given the technology of this respective movement and, and the fact that uh, – at least according to Ben Clymer, there's a little bit of a backstory with this watch. They had wanted to, to create this watch originally. Uh, Zenith said that, you know, hey, we want to do this with you guys, but the movement technology isn't quite as ready for mass market production as possible. So we're going we're gonna to sandbag this project for a little bit for a few years, and, and we'll, we'll revisit it once the technology is viable and it's ready. So um, I think that was kind of an interesting point. I think uh, Ben posted about that on his Instagram page, his personal one, um, talking about the project and, and how he was very excited that this came to fruition. So I think from the aspect of the movement technology, what this means for Zenith, uh, I think all of that is great. I think it's a cool collaboration. However, for me, I thought it was a very odd choice of colorway. 
Salmon Dial, we know, has been very popular, especially over the last several years. I mean, I think two or three years ago, it was even more popular than it is now. But for me, what really threw me was the 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 sandy beige color sub dials and, and the outer accents on the dial. I just don't think that those two colors worked particularly well together. Um, I thought it was a little bit of a clash. And for me, it felt awkward. Not bad, but just awkward. I don't know. What do you think? I think I'm right there with you. I don't mind the dial color, which a couple of people DM me complaining that they thought it was a little more copper. Uh, I, I could take it or leave it, you know, but it's salmon. We'll call it salmon. I mean, that's I how they listed it, right? Didn't they say it was a salmon dial? I think so. I think so. I mean, it depends what kind of salmon you're eating. I mean, a lot of the stuff you get from the stores died. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I didn't really love the gray subdials. I I felt yeah. like it instead of making the watch pop, it kind of does the opposite effect. It sort of it mutes it. Yes, it mutes it. It pushes yeah. everything back, and it doesn't. It it hurts the legibility, in my opinion. I agree. So I agree. And and my I think my favorite part about the El Primero that we always talk about is all of the different colors kind of being synergistic on that dial. And, and you lose that very much here. Yeah. And I even liked the addition they had at the manufacturer edition with the all blue subdials. I thought that looked good. There's a bunch of different variations that I, I don't think you need all different colors to necessarily be successful there. This one, it just seems like it's, I guess it's just muted the way you put it. It it just yeah. doesn't pop for me. And I guess that's when I'm spending that much money on a watch. That's not what I'm going to be looking for. Especially now that you can't get them there. They, they sold out instantly. Obviously. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at one on eBay right now for, for well over $12,000. Um, I mean, it, it, it's a crazy watch. I mean, and, and I'll say this. Having tried one of these Chronomaster original cases on before, um they wear extremely well it's a very nice vintage package the sizing is great you know the the overall thickness of the case and the bracelet are fantastic it's a really cool timepiece i just don't like the aesthetics this this taupey silvery gray you know kind of this dark gunmetally gray it just it feels odd i miss the 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 chrono master colors with more of the red white and blue kind of aspect in it and again i know this is a special watch it's meant to be something different but it's just it feels too plain for me and i know that that's a huge over exaggeration but i it just doesn't pop it i don't feel like the 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 colors are harmonious together and i think that's uh that's a little bit of the problem for me yeah and that's just where i'm at again if i'm going to spend that much money on a watch am i really going to go after something that a i don't love and b i don't feel is completely successful in its goal i don't think i am yeah yeah, I had to agree. I mean, you and I are the same way. It's just, it is what it is. Just not, not my cup of tea. Now to everyone else out there that got it. Hey man, congrats. If this was the bee's knees for you, then, then great. But it's not it for me. Sorry, Ben. Love you, buddy. But uh, not it for me. I mean, listen, I'd love to take a look at it in person and see exactly how those colors work together to the naked eye. I know cameras play a lot of tricks. I've seen plenty, a talented photographer be able to mold pictures of watches where i think they look terrific and then i see them in person and they're <laughs> and they're flat <laughs> less than like, stellar wait wait you guys filtered out all of the flecto and now it looks so much better in this photo so when i see it in real life there's all this glare that i can't read the dial oh 
Yeah, well, that's the beauty of Photoshop, right? It it do be like that. It do be like that sometimes, <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, but no, no, I'm with you, man. It's just sometimes when you... And that's why I've always told people, you know, as a sidebar note, go see things in person. You have to. You have to go see things in person. You have to try them on because it can look amazing, but some very talented, very well-compensated photographer is making it look that way. So go check it out. You got to try it on in person for sure. Yeah. Uh, another interesting release, I guess, from the week. I think we've seen the green Carrera. I now see a red Carrera. Yep. Not that that's a monumental jump changing colors. It's a very nice red. I've always liked the Carrera. I think that's one of their better models. And I, I, I'm happy that they're moving forward with those because that's kind of always been my criticism of them is to, they should really hammer home those successful models and go with those heritage yeah. pieces. And even the, the plain old career, I love it. And it's a watch I would consider getting despite all the trash that gets talked about tag Heuer and the, the jokes about 12 year old CEOs, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. 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 For sure. For sure. Yeah. Look at the end of the day, they're a heritage brand with stellar chronographs and I would absolutely be down to own one under the right circumstances. Are they a brand I necessarily seek out? No, but, um, one of my buddies that was on the pod a couple weeks ago actually had an Octavia at one point. It was actually a pretty cool watch. It was it was a little heavy, a little bulky, but you know chronographs often are. Yeah, but it came on a pretty cool beads of rice. It, it was a really nice watch, and I, I I appreciated the craftsmanship that went into it. So I I'd definitely be down to explore tag a little more, but it, it's it's not usually a brand that I gravitate to right away. I would say this for me. And, and we've talked about this a lot on, on the pod before, and, and I'll echo it again. You know, Tag is one of those brands that could be so extremely popular. They could be so market dominant, but there's such a disparity between their classic vintage collection and what they're really focusing on as the new era of, of, of Tag. And this, this Carrera is is cherry picked and i use that word with intention is cherry picked <laughs> right done. out of the best playbook of of hoyer i mean this is a gorgeous watch and the dial is insane it's a beautiful execution of a carrera now again at 6750 is it a little steep yeah but we're talking about 80 hour power reserves we're talking about a well-finished movement you know it looks amazing the alligator strap deployant and it's a true limited edition, right? Only 600 total pieces of this will be made. Um, so somebody's going to have something very collectible. And, you know, the last few times that we've seen a, a Hoyer like this, um, you know, they've been you know, releasing collaboration with Houdinki or some of these other companies where that's kind of the thing, you know, they're going to release this for that respective reason. This is just a normal watch that's going to be sold um, by tag. And I think it's going to do very well. Um, I would love to see this as a consistent mainstay in the collection, especially at 39 millimeters for a chrono. Um, I think that's going to be fantastic. I know this watch will do well, but again, this is going to be a blip in, in, in tag, right? It's going to be a consistent fire punch. It's going to be blip. 600 are going to be around 600 are going to sell. And then six months from now, nobody's going to care. And that, that I think is very sad. The other thing that I thought was interesting, and this is, again, another sidebar here. Um, I don't know if you've ever tried on any of the recent, like, vintage deployant buckles from, from TAG, bro. Have not. When you clasp them, 
the word Hoyer that's on the buckle is actually upside down. So when you when you look at it, typically on a watch, the logo on the dial will be right set up to you. As you yeah. rotate your wrist to see the six o'clock position, typically the logo will also be right side up. Yes, you're, makes you're, sense. you're reading it. When you do it on Hoyer on, on the tag, Hoyer is upside down. So it's right side up to everyone else outside of you that's looking at the back of your wrist, basically. But it's not right side up when you look at it. Which drove me nuts. I was at a Hoyer, I was at a tag boutique trying on the monaco and i'm like is this did you guys flip the strap around like no no no, that's how it that's how it goes i was like okay that's annoying (laughs) i was like i'm definitely not gonna spend eight thousand dollars on this i guess it's so when you put (laughs) if you put your arm up to check the time a la michael j fox on the back to the future two cover right where he's got it up now whoever's in front of you is like oh hoyer nice yeah yeah exactly (laughs) so like i said everyone else behind like on the outside of you can when they see it they can read it but typically that's not that's not how it's done the vast majority of brands will have it you know you're reading it because it's it's your watch right um so i thought that that was interesting but for me it's just this i was like man this is a this is a big nitpick but it's kind of like just not not it for me so but yeah, I think it's gonna do well. Uh, I wish the best of tag. I, again, I just ma- wish that would make it a really consistent piece of their collection. Because you look at the other Carreras and they got Gosling all over it, and I'm I'm not focused on that. I want a true Carrera. Well, that's why they're seven grand. They got to pay the gas. You know, you got to baby. <laughs> uh, next, an old uh, cult favorite, I guess Seiko returns the sumo. I'm going to be honest, this is always a diver I kind of avoided. I think the round shape and just the overall chunkiness of the bezel, it was something that really never appealed to me. I prefer smaller and minimal, as I think we've kind of established on this pod plenty of times. So -hmm. this one, I, I never really wanted to go after it. I know a lot of people really like it, and they say it wears surprisingly well for its dimensions. Uh, I've never even tried one on, but... This comes back in a few different colorways. You get that kind of new Seiko patty colorway, which is the black with the turquoise accents. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kind of standard deal. I know a lot of people will like it. I don't think I'm going after one of these, but I guess good on them for bringing it back. I know a lot of people did enjoy them before they got rid of them. Yeah, yeah. It was, a, you know, but that one's always been a little bit of a bloated watch for me. Yeah. Um, I think it looks good. It kind of reminds me of like a, like a generation one or generation two planet ocean. Yeah. It's that 45 millimeter kind of big burly case. But, you know, I think about that. It's like 45, but it's only 200 meters, you know, 45 and a half for for a PO, but it'll be 600 meters. So it's kind of interesting. Um, But, you know, like you said, it's a cult classic. Uh, I'm a, I'm a take it or leave it. You know, I, I could have it, you know, if somebody gave me one, I'd probably wear it, but it's not something that I'm going to run out to the store and, and buy myself. Um, not to dissuade anybody from doing that, because I think it's going to be a great watch if you decide to pick one up. But uh, just not me. Not me. Last up on the list of watches here. I know this is a watch you were particularly excited about because you said this is direct, me directly this. to me. <laughs> <laughs> this is it, me. It falls in line with a lot of things we talked about, actually, in reference to Tag Hoyer previously, although it is not a Tag Hoyer, it is the 
Citizen Aqualand. Yes. It's back, baby. She is back. Jason Eaton, eat your heart out, buddy. We got you a new Aqualand. She's back. Yeah, they were all over it. I saw they they posted it right away. And, and it looks good. It's got that very Night Diver aesthetic. You're going to get that all that loom up in there. And, you know, I think it'll be a winner. And you know it's not going to be too much. It's a Citizen, which is great. Yeah, I mean, this watch, uh, there's actually a few different variations. So I sent you right off the bat. I send you the Night Diver variation, which I'm very, yes. very, very interested in. And that's my favorite one, too. Yeah, I think so. I just think, I think it looks great. But there's like a blue sunray dial version. There's a black dial that's basically the same model from the 80s, just reimagined. Um, I know that I think James Stacy was the one that kind of one of the first people to go hands on with this model. Uh, I'm sure that there's probably going to be a review of it coming soon. Uh, which is great, but uh, but certainly a very cool watch. And what's interesting is I had a lot of experience with the Aqualand myself, uh, not because I've, I physically have worn one, but because when I was getting certified to dive, one of my instructors had been wearing the same Aqualand since the 80s. And... It was beat to hell. It had been on thousands and thousands and thousands of dives. And that was his dive computer. That's how he measured every single dive that we ever did. And so all of the dives that I that I got certified with uh, were on that Aqualand. And sadly, towards the end of the time that I was getting certified, um, one of his gaskets failed. And it killed wow. his Aqualand. Yeah. And he was so crushed, like absolutely crushed. Because I mean, it, when you wear something that long, and it, it becomes it becomes an instinctive part of you. Like there's no way to 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 remove you from that. And um, I, as soon as I found out that this new Aqualand was coming, I DM'd him instantly. I was like, "Hey, get your wallet ready. It's back." And he was over the moon. Yeah, it was over the moon because it was it was the same Aqualand that he knew. You know, it's it's got the 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 depth sensor on it. It's got the LCD screen on the top at 12 o'clock. You know, it's got the buttons. It's basically the same thing, just now updated. So um, he was over the moon excited with it. And he, I, I think he's going to get one for sure. And last on my list of housekeeping is a super important discontinuation. I mean, hold on to your seats here, folks. I, the Chaco Taco is dead. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Our friend, our friend Gatlin at Dead at Do is like, did they really just kill the Chaco Taco? She's like, my entire childhood is dead. <laughs> that was why, if anybody saw it, I posted a, a box. I, we, I had a box of them at work, and I posted I said, discontinued, DM for price. No low balls. I know what I no have. Low, no low balls. I know what I have. Oh, my God. That's funny. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a little bit of shocking news. But honestly, I think uh, we'll see how long it stays that way. The Internet has certainly taken taking this very personally they want their chocolate right. tacos back i mean they got the mexican pizza back so why not i mean you know anything is possible anything is possible all right bro so we kind of opened up with some stuff that that's that's come out recently since we last recorded uh but what's the what's the main topic today what are we trying to get into well sort of in that transition of things that came out recently I was doing a lot of thinking and I was, I was actually talking, having a conversation with some people recently about 
starter watches and getting into the hobby and kind of how it goes and not necessarily watch people and people who were even interested in buying a watch, but just, I was, I was kind of explaining, you know, certain people in my private life, they know what I kind of do out here on the internet and they're a little bit fascinated with it. And so every once in a while we get in discussions about it. Yeah. And so they were just talking to me and just kind of asking me questions. And, and in that discussion, I was kind of taking them through sort of the process of, of going and buying a starter watch. And, a, and by starter, I mean sort of that one that we all started with. I mean, for me, it was that green yeah. turtle. For a lot of people, it's an SKX Other or things. something. It, it yeah, was exactly. at least. But, you know, I think we all had that model. I, I know a lot of us didn't jump right into high-end pieces I, I like we talk yeah. about all the time it's a, it's a very big gut check to open the wallet to that extent and I, and I think it still is every time you do it because oh it is for sure for sure especially when you have a family a mortgage a car payment right you, you sort of start to tally that up as you go and you're like how many car payments is this watch <laughs> <laughs> will my wife find this on the bank account um feed yes okay right so Going back to starter watches, you know, there's plenty of fun that can be had in this hobby at an affordable price. And by affordable, I think you mean under five, six hundred bucks, especially yeah. now because and I lean a little bit on that six hundred because the prices of watches have come up kind of across the board. The discounts yeah, yeah. aren't there so plentifully anymore. Right. You can always hop on Joma shop or eBay or something, but. You know, things add up, shipping, tax, all that good stuff. It, it adds up and it, all of a sudden you're at that $1,000 threshold and you were kind of only planning on a few hundred and <laughs> yeah, you know how it exactly. goes. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, it adds up quick. That's for sure. It certainly does add up quick. So anyway, this discussion got me thinking. I was sort of describing the definitive watch in a lot of categories with them. And so I was thinking about how that has changed since I guess I got into collecting and sort of what the norm that has been established was or is. And so I know I was talking to you and we wanted to do sort of an episode. We do these fun episodes once in a while where we're going to talk about that definitive watch to either of us and then where we kind of see things headed or what we would buy in the same vein as that if you're Maybe yeah. not trying to be that super mainstream, super, I bought this because somebody else told me this is the one to go with type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, we, we've always tried to, to, to kind of bring you guys alternative models outside of the stuff that's always going to be funneled down, down your usual watch blogs and reference points. So we really are challenging ourselves to kind of go against the, the, the beaten path, if you will. So um, hopefully these are some better options for you. Yeah, and listen, you can get your watch talk anywhere. You can get your information anywhere. It's it's pretty abundant at this point. Everybody has a blog now. Everybody's got some kind of media outlet, even if it's just a personal one, whether it's a page yeah. or whatever. You come here because we're going to talk about some stuff that is not necessarily so mainstream. I mean, don't get me wrong. You, you know a lot of my heart lies with Seiko and in an episode like this, obviously I'm going to have a few in there, but I also try to bring you stuff that I've had my eye on and that has interested me. And, you know, the starter watch kind of 
brings me back to that original enthusiasm that I had for this hobby when I got into it, where you, you seek out these different models. And I, I've talked about this before. I just spent tons of time on watch recon and watch you seek in the sales section, just flicking because I wanted to just take in every single model. I didn't know what was out there. How do you know yeah. what the limitations are of everything out there when you just started out and you don't know how easy it is to use a reference number like STEM to go into the different models. Okay, 305, 307, 309. Is there a 306? No, but why is that? I don't know. That's just how it is. But now that I've been doing it long enough, I know that, you know, let's say this model operates on odd numbers only. So I can find sneaky colorways or I can find the different nuanced additions that maybe I wouldn't have found before. And so I was just trying to take in every single model because I didn't want to buy. I hate being that person who buys something and then realizes later that they didn't get the most ideal form of that for myself. Like if I buy a computer and I'm like, oh, this wasn't bad. It was like 800. And then I find out if I just would have sprung for like 925, I could have got like the elite version of it. And I was like, oh, that was dumb. I I, I hate that. For sure, for sure. But so, yes, I I wanted to do this episode because starter watches, even though they are, I guess, a little basic for a lot of people, they're still very fun to me. And they bring a lot of people into our little hobby steadily. And I think that's important. And hopefully, if a few people stumble across this episode, they'll get some good suggestions and maybe pick up something they really love. So the idea... And again, it's important that, uh, that we help get people started and we stay grounded ourselves true no we have a lot of expensive stuff in our collections you and me both um we've talked about a lot of expensive stuff on this podcast before but you know sometimes it's a great exercise to to think back to when we first got started and how we didn't have the money or the resources that we had to get into this hobby we couldn't buy 10 watches we could buy one and uh if we had to do that which watch would it be so um i love this exercise i'm glad that you brought this topic forward but bro uh, let's get into it. You want to kick us off? Yeah. So kind of the idea is I think we picked a few criteria of different styles of watches, for example, field, diver, et cetera. And we're going to kind of talk about the the archetypal pick and then sort of some stuff that we like that's that's off of that. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess we'll kick it off. We'll start with Field Watch because that's just the one I have at the top of my list. I think the obvious go-to here, everybody thinks Hamilton Khaki. It's a wonderful, faithful re-edition. It's a manual wind. It has a nice movement in it, especially now that they have 80-hour power reserves. Yep. And, you know, they got a lot of publicity when they, they reissued it. I think from that, a lot of people wisened up to CWC as well. I know they've gained a lot of traction where – you used to be able to pick up the G10 issued and issued G10 for like a hundred and change, 200 bucks. Now they're like <laughs> up like five, 600 for like a, yeah. a really decent model, which stinks, I guess. But those are sort of that similar vein. And those are very standard military issue. Like they got the, the fixed bars and everything. So, but they're really cool. And, and again, you can get them stamped. You can get somebody's issued watch, which is also very awesome. Yeah. Um, and I think it just goes with that that quintessential field look. You know, you have the black dial, brushed or bee blasted case, whatever it might be. 
mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Because the idea is you're not trying to be blingy. You're not trying to attract attention. It's a, yeah. it's a military watch, right? Yeah. So, so that said, bro, since you're bringing this up, what was, when you started collecting, what was the quintessential entry-level field watch? I'm curious if it was the same for both of us. Mm. I'm not sure, to be honest. I mean, I have an idea of a watch that I think it, it crosses over with field and maybe pilot-ish. Which okay. Would be the, it would be the Seiko SNK 809. That's the one that I have on my Okay. List. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that, that to me, and it was funny. I, I, I purposely asked this question for you because I had a feeling we were going to have the same answer. Because um, this, I mean, this for me, when I first started collecting, like this was not only the field watch, for entry level but we're talking super entry level basement i mean I 78 dollars. <laughs> I, I was gonna say when i first started collecting this was 75 bucks for a day date in-house automatic movement now plus or minus tolerances were not the greatest for sure but they no always hacking kept, your hand winding but they, they always kept okay time and the loom was insane I mean, this is Seiko Lumabright looms, right? So the loom was insane on this little guy. And it was what? I think, what, 37 millimeters, if I'm not mistaken, or 36 millimeters, uh, something small, 18 mil lugs, went look, and looked great on a NATO, uh, the SNK 809s and its variants in black, blue, tan, or green was just like the starter field watch of all field watches. And to this day, I mean... There's a there's one of my buddies out there that has my 809, and uh, you know who you are. He listens to the podcast, so I know he knows who he is. But uh, hey, man, if you're if you're ever willing to give that back because I, I loaned it to you, uh, <laughs> just, just let me know. I'd like it back at some point. Um, but they've gone up a little bit, uh, not by much. I was checking the the prices today. Um, we're looking now at a uh, hundred and five dollars on Amazon. So, you know. 30 or so dollar increase or whatever uh, over the years, which isn't too bad, but uh, certainly a watch that is well worth the hundred dollars. It was my, I don't know if it was my first, it was definitely one of my early giveaway watches, the SNK 809. Yeah. That was for me, one of the first watches that I remember worn and wound covering like pretty extensively. And I was like, okay, this is a watch that I can get into 75 bucks. Like this is uh, this is doable. This is a, this is a drunken eBay purchase for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but that's it. So you talked about the mechanical, the, the, the Hamilton khaki, would that be kind of your quintessential modern version of the field watch? I think that's very much where it's gone, especially again, since they upgraded the movements, they've given you yeah. different dial choices, something sort of off the beaten path that I really like, which, kind of goes along with the g10 are the marathons yeah again this is a military brand like a legit military brand For and sure. they make the general purpose they make navigators so you can get a couple you can get sort of that traditional fieldy look or you can get something with a bezel on it with a navigator and you can get a multitude of movements you can get automatic you can get courts Obviously, price points vary there, but I mean the quartz versions are very affordable, and they're they're just no nonsense. You get they come in a little minimal cardboard box. It's, yeah, there's no box in a box. There's no plastic wrap. It is a box, and inside is your watch on a strap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, I, it's funny they bring up marathon because um, 
some people know this, some people don't, but uh, the marathon did a collaboration with J crew. Um, and there's actually some very cool versions of those watches um, that, uh, that the majority of watch fan probably doesn't know about, but um, they're very, very, very cool navigator. And some of them are, are in there. And one of my favorite ones, and I don't know if you've ever seen it, but there's a, it's a khaki case with an orange dial. Oh, I've and seen it. And it has 12, three, six, and nine on the dial. And it just looks so sick. It looks so sick. So a little bit of an abstraction in the field watch world, but a very cool version. So that, that would be my, my, uh, my navigator. And would you say that's kind of where, where you would go to, or you have something else in mind? So, so I had listed here, uh, SNK 809 is kind of like the watch that started it all. I do have the Hamilton khaki mechanical, especially, at, especially at under 500 bucks. I mean, 495 retail for a Swiss made mechanical watch from a reputable brand that produced this watch before with an 80 hour power reserve. Like it, that's a pretty big deal. Um, but I would say, you know, to kind of go more of an affordable option, uh, while still getting something mechanical, I went a little bit, um, a little bit off the beaten path, just a tad. Uh, and I decided to go with the Bulova hack. Okay. Um, this is a watch that, you know, Bulova produced in the, in the past. Um, it was a watch designed for, for military application. One of the first hacking watches, which allowed you to stop the second hand uh, so that you could use it to synchronize military attacks. So this is, this is really at its core, at its heart, a, a military timepiece. Um, and certainly designed for that. Now, could you argue that maybe the modern versions of this are not quite, you know, as rugged or durable as their predecessors? Maybe. But uh, I think if you're looking for a great military style timepiece from a brand that has a military heritage, um, I think the hack is certainly a cool, a cool version. It's a little bit upgraded in size. It is mechanical. There's several different variations. Um they're, they just came out with a new version um, in blue, like an ice blue dial with a red second hand. Um, there's a few a few color options. So I think it's a cool watch. Uh, I definitely recommend it. And I think it would be a good starting price at under 400 bucks. So for field, I'm going to move on to my personal, well, one of my favorite categories here, which would be dive watches. When... I was just getting going. Obviously, Seikos were abundant. The SKX yep. was kind of considered the the king. <laughs> yes, the every it was it was the generic answer. You went on the form. What should my first watch be? SKX. Before you could finish, even double oh seven or double oh nine, you take your right. pick. Right. <laughs> you want the black. You want the Pepsi. And you know, it's a watch that had a lot of charm. It didn't have a ton of bells and whistles. Obviously, some people did upgrade the movement, which probably was a, a good move if you were into that sort of thing if you if you needed yeah. the hacking and things like that throwing an nh in there isn't such a bad thing if you can get away with it yeah exactly now obviously seiko offers a ton of other divers that have those amenities um but another brand that is often associated with seiko even though i guess i don't think there's an actual tie to them is orient yep. and the orient you have the mako or the ray kind of pick your poison the yep. ray was yep so more the circular indices, the the ray was, I mean, the Mako was the stick indices, kind of have the same function, what's going on, sort of just what, what you're into within the aesthetic there. But 
those were like the three that every single person was like, oh, you want to start a diver? <laughs> Orient Mako, Seiko SKX. Yeah. You know, just, just pick one. Yep, yep, yep. Now, so sort of... Did, did you ever own one of those? Yeah, of course I had an SKX. I, I, I didn't own an Orient diver. I bought one for several people. I bought yeah. a Ray 2 for a coworker. I bought a Mako 2 for... Actually, my father-in-law, he, it was like Christmas time and my wife's like, oh, he wants to watch. And then this was, I, w- I wasn't so well-known at the time. And I, I don't even know yeah. if my wife knew exactly what the hell I was doing at the time, but she's like, he says he wants to watch. And he sent me like the, it was like the, like the Sterling version of the sub. <laughs> <laughs> and okay. I was like, hold on here, guys. Like same price. I'll get you something a lot better and it'll, it'll hold up to the test of time. And I, I got on the make it. Like, oh yeah, this thing is great. I'm like, yeah, I, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. I remember this story. I think, I think one of our first episodes we talked about. Yeah. It. I definitely touched on it before. So cool. So cool. How thoughtful you are, my friend. How thoughtful eh, you are. I try. I mean, it's true. I mean, you know, these are these are watches that got me going. Again, you and I got into collecting around the same time, and similar thing, man. It was like Orient Mako, Orient Ray, and I think back then the the they had the uh, the Black Ray as well, which was very cool. Yep. If you wanted to spring for a little bit more money, get the Black DLC version uh, or PVD version, but uh, very very cool choices. And again, even still to this day, even though they're more uh, difficult to to come by. Um, at least the SKXs are because they've been officially discontinued for a few years now. Um, it's still a very inspired choice to to start. 200 meters water resistant, actual ISO 6425 ready dive watch, screw down crown. I mean, great, great watch. Yeah, and for those people who are kind of bummed about the SKX price hike, I I honestly urge you to check out the 7548s. The the quartz divers from yesteryear, they're, you're getting the same case and everything, same look. You're getting a quartz movement. Again, is that for everybody? No. But for a vintage watch that you're going to beat around, like it, it just makes so much sense to me. And, you know, yeah. as, as I mentioned on the uh, the episode with Nick, uh, Schwarzkopf bore one. So, you know, there's a little uh, provenance there. Yep. Yep. Great, great watches. Great watches. Yeah, and sort of bring that into the future. I didn't stray too far. I have spoke about my Seiko Solar Quartz on here before. I love this watch. I Dude, love this it, watch. It is such a home run at at the I think it's thirty eight millimeters or maybe thirty eight and change. And it, it's it wears so good. Obviously it's a quartz, it's lightweight, it's a solar movement, you know, charges itself that the battery life on it is like enormous and it wears <laughs> it, it wears great. Any rubber strap will do. Anything from Uncle Seiko to the the standard strap, they all work. You know, a NATO looks great on it. Yeah. At that price point, you're not getting a an amazing bracelet, so maybe reserve judgment there. Yeah. But beggars can't be choosers. Yeah, for what you're paying for, and and almost a like a turbo beater. <laughs> it's it's a great watch. Like I, it's it's. A watch that I constantly reach for when I'm going to work because why not? And it's it's going to stand the test of time, and even when it's beat up, it's going to look really good. So, and you and you had the patty version, right? If I remember correctly, 
Yes. And they also yeah. have, now they have a blue version, a green version. They have the original black. They have like a taupe. And then they also have for you fancy boys, they have sort of that yacht master look to it where it's, <laughs> it's like a, a rosy gold tone with a black bezel. There we go. There yeah. we go. That, that, that's oh, yeah, actually yeah. my, my favorite right yacht master. Look at that right now. <laughs> it's my favorite yacht master. So yeah. I, I kind of, I, I've been tempted to just be like, if I could find one of these for super cheap, I'll totally buy it. But <laughs> that's, that's my, my drunk at 3 a.m. Uh, eBay buy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Exactly. No, this is a good choice, man. This is a, a solid diver. And again, it's a Seiko. You can't kill it. They've been doing solar technology forever. So they are certainly masters of that as well. So, Solid choice. And I love I love the new patty colorway. I really do. I have a few patties myself from some of the older generations, like the turtle. Uh, and I also have a um a samurai. Great watches, but it's it's really hard to wear the red, white, and blue yeah. like all the time, you know. So this new patty with just like the 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 aqua um is is very cool. I like it a lot. So what do you think about your uh, your sort of go-to diver in today, today's landscape for, for a great starter watch? I really had to think hard at this because, I mean, the two watches that you already mentioned are like, you know, they are icons for a reason. You know, even still to this day, people start their collections out with that. And I, and I know when I got into collecting, like that was the thing. It was these watches for sure. Um so certainly the you know the the skx 007 009 is up there the orange was certainly up there i really wanted to find something different so i did a lot of research um to figure this one out but there's a new citizen that's kind of based off of the the citizen that they just recently released earlier this year um it was a it's what they call a super titanium case it's kind of like around 41 millimeters, but it was a vintage inspired dive watch. And essentially the story goes that somewhere in the 1970s, this like Seiko watch was made and it was lost. And somehow it washed up on the beach, like in the mid 1980s and like citizen like caught wind that this had happened. And so they decided to relaunch this watch and it was like covered in barnacles and like all this kind of crazy stuff. And it was still working like somebody wound it up and it was still running after, you know, years and years and years of being like underwater. So they, did, they decided to create this new version in titanium. Now, that watch, unfortunately, is going to be closer to a thousand dollars. So it's going to be outside of that price point that I want. But there's another reference that apparently right now is a JDM only, but you can order it online. You can get it through Amazon or whatever that comes in right above the four hundred and sixty dollar price point at retail which means they're a little bit less on actual street value. And this is the Citizen NY0125-83E. It is a vintage-inspired watch. It's in stainless steel. Now, this one actually has a, um, it has like a two-tone aesthetic to it. So it's a black dial, black bezel, but the bezel ring itself is going to be in a gold tone. The hands and the markers are going to be in a gilt style, so they're going to be gold tone as well. But you have a black dial automatic with the day date. Um, it is not a thin watch um, per se because it, I mean, this is a mechanical watch, but it is a, you know, um, it's going to be a little bit of a thick boy um, based on the specs. But uh, I think 
at, you know, from what I can see around $320 or so street value for an in-house citizen dive watch. That's a little bit different off the beaten path than than something else that people would have. Um, I think this would be certainly a cool watch to, to do. And this one is on a, on a bracelet. It does have all the goodies that you can expect a, a ratcheting divers extension, all that good stuff in this watch already. So, um, is it the best watch? Nope. Is it the most, uh, common watch? Nope. It is JDM as I mentioned, but, uh, certainly a cool watch that you can get your hands on and that you could wear every day. Yeah. And I think you'd be remiss if you were talking citizen and never brought up the pro master, right? Yeah. That's I another, mean, they, uh, they just relaunched it, you know, like analogous classic to the SKX. When I think, about I mean, it. it's it, the new relaunched version is so good. Um, there's the, then they just came out with the new, the night diver Fugu, you know, it's, it, there's so many good options there that I wanted to pick something a little different. And so I went with this one instead of the, the obvious choice, which would be the new generation of, of pro master. Um, in addition to that, I do also have one more option. Um, this is a small independent micro brand based in Austin, Texas, known as Dufresne. Uh, I know that they've done a lot of stuff at Windup and some certain things like that. Uh, they have a, a specific model known as the Barton Springs. It's right around that $400, $500 price point for um, a nice dive watch as well with some pretty distinctive styling, good water resistance, all that good stuff. So um, to me, this is another watch that could certainly be, be a good obvious choice um, outside of maybe, you know, a mainstream one. You know, I know that they're becoming more and more popular as the days go on, uh, but they really are still in uh, a lot of ways still an independent. So uh, if you haven't given them a a look, check them out. Certainly, like I said, they're based in Austin, Texas, Um, you know, independent micro brand. So making good stuff. Yeah, whenever I think Dufresne, I think uh, Shawshank Redemption. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. That is funny. All right, on to our next here. Chronograph, I had, a, I had a difficult time pinning down exactly what I thought the go-to entry-level chronograph is. A, because chronographs are usually not cheap. Yes, that is very true. Right, and I guess picking a good one is kind of hard. Sort of the default that I, I used to see often is the Siegel 1963. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because it sure. is very affordable. I think it, at the time, it was coming in around 200 bucks. And it has that, you know, that Venus clone movement in it, which some people have given me very mixed reviews on. The one that <laughs> I toyed around with had no issues, but I've, I've heard them failing on people multiple times. So yeah, I, I yeah, guess yeah. it's a real thing. You know, I, I can't speak to that myself. But for me, that was sort of the everybody's like, oh, you need a chronograph. This is a column wheel chronograph for 200 bucks. How could you go wrong? I guess. Right. That's that's sort of what mm-hmm. the. The consensus was yeah 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 now these days i think after this year there should also be a consensus and i think it's an obvious choice you're wearing it the moon swatches <laughs> for what for what you're getting cachet wise i think you can't beat it yeah exactly again it's very light a lot of people think it feels like a toy is it is it necessarily made from the finest materials and the most fancy schmancy movement? No, 
But again, the cachet that comes with it is unmatched at that price point. I don't think you'll ever beat it necessarily. Yeah, and I mean, you're you're getting a Speedmaster aesthetic in a two hundred and sixty dollar package. So, yeah. No, I think I think that this is a this is certainly a very a very good option. I mean, again, I'm biased. I own one. I was fortunate enough to to snag one. I saw one in the wild in New York City the other day. A guy walking. Yeah, I remember. I saw your DM about that. I was like, "What?" It was the mission to the moon too. I was like, "Wow!" So in in the last forty eight hours, I've I've seen two moon swatches. Uh, I ran into a guy that had the Mercury, really good dude. Uh, he and I were talking back and forth, so that was fantastic. And then there was a guy that I was at, like I was at like this food court in the mall in Miami, and there was a guy wearing a mission to Uranus. Uh, which is, <laughs> and, and I'm like, all right, cool. And it was funny is he must, he must have been a, a, a watch guy or watch collector because the guy across from him was wearing a Baytona. The guy next to him was wearing a Pelagos. The guy okay. next to him, like at the other side of the table was wearing a planet ocean. So like these guys are all watch people, obviously. Uh, but it was just so funny. It was, it was like the most Miami, Miami watch that I had seen in a very long time. Okay. Mission to, mission to Uranus. So there you go. There you go. I was not wearing my moon swatch, though, at that time. I should have been. I kind of felt bad that I wasn't. <laughs> but uh, if, I, if I was going to, you know, jump into this, you know, affordable chronographs, if you will, um, I think you you said it right. The Seagull 1963 certainly was, was one of those hit watches for everyone back in the day. Um, I think there's, uh, you know, quite a few more options these days. That, uh, that you can kind of get into, but I mean, they're all still going to have those same type of movements, you know? Uh, and for me, if I'm going to go a little bit different, picking something that's a little bit cooler, but kind of, you know, riffing on the past, um, I'm going to go with the, 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 the Laurier Gemini, the manual one by Compax Chrono from, from Laurier. And I think um, it uses the same Siegel movement. If I'm it not does. Mistaken. It does. But, you know, you're getting a full bracelet. You're getting its own kind of unique design. You're getting a nice bezel. Um, very, very, you know, classic, symmetrical design. And a lot of people rave about Laurier. I think it's a great, great company. Another micro brand based in Texas. I believe they're out of Houston, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that's kind of what uh, what I remember hearing about. But um Husband and wife family team, they do this stuff. They do these these little drops here and there, and they sell out very quickly. They're always at wind-ups, so if you can get your hands on the Laurier, um, I think it's it's fantastic. So uh, this would be a good option. And, you know, at $499, like, we're literally right under that price point, but this is a, this is a watch I think people would look for. Yeah, and I I had one more that always pops in my mind that's honestly it's sort of on both sides of the fence of the kind of classic idea and sort of what I look for and also bridges into another category which would be the below the Luna pilot. Yeah. Right. I mean, you're getting, you not mention that you're one, getting right? a moon watch of sorts. <laughs> <laughs> a space watch ish. We'll put that oh. one in quotation. We'll put right. that one in quotation. I, I air quoted that. You, you couldn't see that one, but I air quoted that. Uh, but it, it sort of bridges the gap because you get pilot, pilot chronograph. And the sizing is certainly not for everybody. It is very, very big lug to lug. Yeah. 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 
So it's a it's a it's a big boy. There's no question about that. That's for sure. But and so that so that bleeds over into the topic of pilot. And again, I, I pilot I had a hard time because that the that eight oh nine Seiko is sort of a pilot aesthetic, but I also think you get in that realm you have Seiko Flightmaster, Citizen Nighthawk. Those are like the go-to entry pilot watches for a lot of people. I mean, they have yeah. very busy dials. You get all kinds of different measurement instruments. It's it's almost like the I hate to use the term poor man's, but like the very, very poor man's Navitimer in terms of like busyness <laughs> and like, I don't know what this stuff does or how it measures, but boy, is it complex and it looks cool, you know? Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. Maybe we should do that one day. Do a do a poor man's offering of, of classic, classic timepieces. I don't think we've done that before yet. No, we haven't. And also maybe a how the hell do I use this segment would be would be fun. I'll have to put on my uh my thinking cap to explain all this over the air. That'd be that would be that would be a hilarious live bit would be to show up at something with watch nerds and be like, Hey, how do you use this slide rule on this Napa timer? Let's like just, our, just try to get let's, them let's not give our competition any uh any free uh, episode content. I don't believe in competition. <laughs> there you go there you go you want, you, i like you want, it. To, you want to come with the king you best not miss as they say there we go that's right you heard it here boys no but uh those are kind of the ones i i always think of in terms of i guess quote unquote pilot but for me at the price point that they come in at with the heritage this this brand has Laco has tremendous yeah. brand cachet and also they put out all of the classic looking pilots you could ever ask for in every color way, all different color looms, dial colors, case materials. I know they make bronze stuff now at 300 some odd dollars. I mean, they go up from there. They do, but yeah, yeah, you can for find sure. But a we're great still, we're model. still talking about stuff under 500 bucks. I'm talking, yeah, the all of your, your basic dials like that, that, I forget what they call it. They're all like letters, like A dial, B dial, but all the ones you can yeah, think yeah. of when you think classic Fliegers, they've got them. You can get them under 500 bucks all day long in a variety of different mix and match colors, finishes, etc. You just can't and go sizes. Wrong. And yes, sizes. They go to, they go, I've seen them down as far as 36 yep. and up to sort of that bigger pilot aesthetic. It's a brand I've, I've, Almost pulled the trigger on a million times because, you know, I, I would love an IWC, but they don't exactly come in at a wallet friendly price anywhere. <laughs> exactly right. But to scratch that itch for 300 bucks, man, that's that's a tempting proposition. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and and again, especially not to get anything too crazy. I know for you, like you're also very, uh, very critical of the type of sizes that you like to wear. I am. I mean, getting getting a nice, you know military flieger that's maybe a little bit of a modern version but at 39 millimeters 36 millimeters that i know you would do yeah you're not you know iwc really isn't running out making pilots watches in those sizes you know it's not something that they do every once in a while on occasion but usually they're pretty desirable they sell out very quickly um you know sometimes they're, they're specialty pieces but you know 
this yeah, is they'll, they'll this get is down when they go, when they go when they bridge that gap into almost like field looking pilot watches where they'll get right. down to like the 38s but even the the small chronographs are at 41 and they're going to be chunky because that's what chronographs do so you you have to pick your poison in that regard when when you're talking pilot watches and can i just say obviously we have these watches that you know Laco makes some watches that are more expensive but but can i just say that you have to really be a confident brand in yourself to also make an entire line of watches that already look like they're aged <laughs> have you seen these like the I ones have. that are like heavily patinaed where like the cases are already scratched and dented and the dials look like they've been you know undergoing radium like transfer for you know 40 years like you have to have a lot of confidence in your brand integrity to make a watch intentionally look like crap and i think that that's awesome it's the ripped jeans of watches i mean really <laughs> i mean it's honest i mean like these have dents the cases look like they're rusted <laughs> okay it's like this is crazy so although those are outside of the price point right but you know you you can still get some really cool lockos for 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 well under that $500 price point brand new from the store which yes. is pretty cool So um, with regards to to pilot watches, I really only had one that kind of came to mind because I figured you would take all the cool specialty ones. So I left that one alone. Uh, but I have another Bulova. It's the A15. Um, this is a Bulova watch that was uh, originally commissioned for the military. It was used uh, in combat, I believe, during World War II. But uh, the A15 came back not too long ago. Um, and you know, people like it. It's not, it's not a watch that I see out there wildly, but you know, the few images and things that I've seen of it, uh, kind of in the wild or on social media, it looks really cool. It's a larger watch. It's got multi crowns because basically they control different type of, uh, sliding bezels internally inside the case. You can use them to make calculations or track elapsed time. Uh, it's a very, very cool watch. So I'm happy to see it return back to the to the Boulevard collection. You know, people have covered it. They like it. So I think this would be a very cool pilot watch at well under $500. Yeah, and it's got all the, the military aesthetics you like of those like dirty dozen type watches. So yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, this has been right up their alley recently between the mill ships and they, they've just been bringing back all the military pieces. I mean, which, but how can you not when you have well that, such an extensive catalog like that? That's the thing. I, I think a lot of people I, don't realize that they are a pretty historic brand and they think that they're because you can buy them in a mall or you can get sort of just like what the modern fashion watch look is in a Bulova doesn't mean that they don't make good stuff or they make historic stuff. Absolutely. And the thing is, Bulova was an American brand. Yep. You know, this is an American historic brand. And that I think is is also important to to note, you know. This is this is a watch company that did a lot of impressive things for the military and the war effort over the years. And it's sad that it fell into hard times and, and it's kind of evolved into different aspects. But uh, I think it I think it's nice to see what they're really focusing on, which is that res return to their classic overall aesthetics that i think is good yeah and another topic that they've also kind of upped the ante in with a lot of their watches like the sinatra line and things like mm -hmm. that are dress watches 
I do like those a lot. I, I don't know how I feel about the Sinatra signature on the bottom, but they have neat dials yes. and they, they have a very good look to them. I don't know if I would necessarily pick them for a dress watch, but I, I give them an A for for trying. Right, the, the effort is there. I don't know if it's perfect, but I feel like people who are into that, like my crooner cousin, would probably buy that because it says Sinatra. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. For sure, but uh, but for me, dress watch. I mean, slam dunk it with an Orient Bambino all day long, <laughs> right? There's I like knew ten. It. I knew it. I ten knew different it. generations. <laughs> it, it, too easy. I mean, at the price point they come in at, way too easy. Yep, uh, another one. This. Another one that's just perfect would be the the Timex Marlin. Yes. Ever since they brought that back, yes. you have a ton of different colors. You have some different sizes, some special editions. If you're really into the peanuts and things like that. A lot to like there. It does have those uh, excruciatingly loud movements in them. I don't know if you ever ha- tried one out. It's got it's got a rotor that's like <laughs> like. <laughs> I have it, but <laughs> uh, it's. I mean, the only I guess the only Marlin that I that I've uh, that I've checked out was actually the manual one version. So I don't think I've heard a okay, yeah, the a, automatic a automatic ones. version. Yeah, that's funny though. Yeah, it's, it's got it's a loud, loud movement, huh? It 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 is. It's, it's got a loud <laughs> rotor on it. But uh, but for me, as far as dress watches go, I mean, again, can't go wrong with the Bambino, but also slam dunk it on the other end with the Seiko cocktails. I mean, you're I, getting I'm so glad I did not pick any of these three because I was like, bro's certainly gonna pick one of them. For yeah, sure. you have to. I mean, you get like a lot of them have baby grand Seiko looks to them. A lot of yeah. they make ones with like Kirizuri dials or snowflake dials and like you're getting that in a three four hundred dollar watch and you, know, you can get a lot of them have different whether it be straps or bracelets different dials some of them have power reserves uh small uh date wheels and stuff on them so you can sort of pick pick your flavor there and literally in some senses because they do make those uh cocktail the like named ones that are like for example like the star bar and things like that but they mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. just have so many different cool variants of it i mean i remember the original and the original was was kind of the hailed value prop dress watch on all of the forms it was like dude cocktail time yes don't even look back go with it and you, i know they come on kind of crappy stock straps but hey there's tons of options out there. Get yourself a nice leather, throw it on there, and and be done with it. You know, you, you it doesn't get much classier for a few hundred bucks. I'm with you. I am certainly with you. So that said, I also had to go with something a little bit off the beaten path. Something that we I don't think have ever talked about on this podcast, or maybe we have very early on. But for me, if I'm gonna go dress watch in a modern sense i'm going tiso visodate this is a watch that i've owned very nice personally uh i still have it in my collection it is actually one of the most accurate watches that i currently have uh, especially given its price point i mean back in the day we were talking about a watch that you know retailed for around what 650 bucks um i think the the current version that's on there now has been upgraded it's slightly larger it's maybe not the one that i would pick 
but it's slightly larger, does have a, a day-date movement. It is an 80-hour power reserve now. Those are around 650 or so, but the version, the original model that's just before that, I mean, you can get these all day for 500 bucks or so, uh, $450 if not, and they're phenomenal. We're talking Swiss-made day-date movement, stainless steel, exhibition case back, very, very accurate, responsible movement, and responsive. I had it fine-tuned by, by a watchmaker, and I mean, one to two seconds a day consistent, always. Wow. It just looks good. It's 40 millimeters, so it's a little bit larger than, than your standard, you know, vintage-inspired dress watch, but I have had zero complaints on this watch as long as I've owned it. It is truly an awesome watch, and it looks so good on a Milanese mesh bracelet. That's the only way that I rock it. Um, I will say that the the leather strap that comes on it's pretty garbage. <laughs> it's a it's an embossed uh, calf skin to look like alligator. But uh, uh, overall, I think the watch is is fantastic. I think it's a steal, and and it's a very 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 good watch um, from a respectable brand, and it's Swiss. You know, this is a this is a good a good timepiece. So that would be that would be my ultimate dress pick. Yeah, it's definitely underrated, and especially now that they have the upgraded movements in them, hard to beat it for the price point. Yeah, and again, it's a little, the new one's a little bit outside of it, but the original, course, like the one yeah. that I have, it's uh, it, it's well within that price point, and you're getting a lot of watch for sure. And since we were sticking with Tiso, I think they have absolutely obliterated the next topic, which would be the sport watch. When I was First perusing the internet, you could not beat the Seiko Sarbs, the 033, the 035. This was like the sport watch. Everybody just said, don't even look further. They come on bracelets. The dials are beautiful. The size is great. The hands are great. They're a phenomenal wear. You don't need to look any further than these. And they were 100% right. I had one. It was fantastic. Now, flash forward. Tiso has absolutely crushed it with the PRX. Yeah. I mean, you're getting the look of a watch that's way, way more expensive. You know, Clay Thompson's out here rocking one. <laughs> yeah. You know, as I, far I as lo I love that story. When everyone thought it was a solid gold Royal Oak and it was a six hundred dollar. The funny Tiso. part is I saw that picture and I was like, that's a PRX. I, I I know I I saw the same one and I knew exactly what it was, but of course some high the channel. Yeah, I had to double intern, check it. I know, had to double check, check it because it, yeah. I'm like, do I really think Clay Thompson were a PRX? I don't know. So I had to look harder, but I was like, nope, that's a PRX. But you also have to remember too, Tiso uh, is know, the official timekeeper of the NBA. Yes, yes. So a lot of these guys, they they have these inner workings with with Tiso because they do a lot of you know press and a lot of you know type of activations with Tiso. Um, and a lot of guys, like when they get signed on, you know, Tiso gives them watches. Now, again, are is this a watch that, you know, they're always getting? Yeah, okay. But is it watches, you know, they can afford way more than that? Absolutely. They're getting these fat sign-on bonuses. But a lot of these guys, they've never had anything like that. So they so they wear it. And I just think that like, Thompson thought it was a cool watch. Well, I, and especially if you roll around with, guys who wear things like royal oaks you're like yeah okay this looks just like that what do i exactly, care exactly exactly 
You know, not it's hard to put yourself back in the shoes of somebody who's not in the know. Right. 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 I mean, I, I think at, at one point, everybody's kind of like, oh, this, this Invicta brand has some kind of cool stuff, right? They yeah. Got, hey, this one's a rainbow. Like, how did they do that? <laughs> right. And now you're like, exactly. oh, my God, I would never wear that. But <laughs> it's just yeah. it's funny to be on the outside looking in as opposed to the inside looking at it. It's always funny. to. 100%. It's always easy to have hindsight in that regard. 100%. 100%. So that's your pick? Yeah, I would go PRX. I know that that Vare we talked about is also pretty dope. The one that kind of yeah, has red a... Dial. Yeah, that red dial. It's almost like uh, Aqua Terra Oyster Perpetual hybrid look. Yeah, but yeah, for again, yeah. for the price, how are you going to beat that? I mean, you're never getting an Oyster Perpetual. The Aqua Terra is a lot of money. And you know, if, if you're somebody who is not going to appreciate or understand why it costs as much for what you're getting in that watch, something like that there is a, a perfect move for you. So, yeah, that, that is certainly, certainly true. Um, I think if I'm going to have to go with anything, that's going to be more in that sport range. Um, I'm going to have to go with the dress KX. I think, um, you know, We've talked a lot about Seiko. There's obvious reason for that because they are so good at what they do and they fall well within these price points that we're talking about. You know, even if they retail at higher price points, you can usually find them for just a little bit under. Um, the Dress KX is certainly one of those watches. Now, we've talked about this before on the pod that it's both you and I, you know, we don't particularly love it as a timepiece. I think, I, I think I remember I said it was a little confused. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> If I remember correctly, it's been so long, but uh, but I think overall, if you're if you're looking for an entry watch, you're looking for something that's kind of that sporty dress timepiece. Um, you know the 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 dress KX I think is a a very good option um, for an everyday watch without you know a price point that's going to break the bank. Right, and you're getting a household name in the process. Absolutely, you can put it on NATO. You can put it on bracelet. You can put it on rubber. You can put it on leather strap. Uh, and it's going to be really, really, really good. And we're talking most of these models are under $300. So I think uh, I think it's certainly a, a good bargain for sure. And I'm very glad you went with that pick because that's going to segue perfectly into what I have as our last topic, which would be travel slash GMT. I think mm -hmm. the – I remember – perfectly the Casio world timer as being sort of the set it and forget it GMT <laughs> travel watch because yes. it tracks it tracks how many times it tracks everything yeah it's it's perfect it really is for the it tracks your point. mom's birthday tracks your wife's anniversary tracks everything <laughs> another watch that I gave away at some point for I don't know it was either a small milestone or I remember I did a, a like a Christmas handful of giveaways at one point just because you know, I was just happy with the way the account was coming along and I was just trying to do something nice. But another watch that I did give away um, just for uh, some interesting flavor there. But the Casio World Timer, slam dunk, travel watch, can't beat it. Super practical, super easy to use. Again, I don't, I don't know why you even go beyond that. But for me, the new SSK GMTs are awesome yeah yeah let me tell you i was i was really astounded i didn't know what i was going to think about them at first 
But in looking at them, and they give you a blue one. The blue one is, isn't necessarily my favorite. It's got sort of that, uh, I guess it's kind of like a Batman motif around the bezel and everything. But I, I don't know how I feel about it. The orange is very out there. It's very Seiko. It's very cool. It gives you a little bit of that gilt colorway. Yeah. Old school Seiko. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm going to take the time here to pull a little. That's the black one I have here in my hands. Um, you got one? Dude, this thing is sick, man. I don't know. I've, I was like, ah, you know what? The, the JDM sites had them. They're all pretty decently priced. Sakura had them for like 300 something dollars. Okay. Which is like way below what you'd pay here. Yeah. And then yeah, even, yeah. even Nomon, I think Nomon has them for like 430 or something. So like you can get these pretty reasonable, and these are the Japanese domestic models. These are the SBSC or whatever, not the SSK models. So you know they like to keep the good stuff for themselves. That's just how yeah, they roll. for sure, for sure. But let me tell you, this this remedies all of the issues I had with the more diver version of this watch. I think the Cyclops and the extra hand really remedy a lot of that empty space that I had problems with. Yep. The bezel's a little more busy. You get the 24-hour time scale. And it's a really interesting bezel. I think, if I'm correct, I think it's an aluminum bezel, but they kind of went over it with some sapphire, I want to say, or acrylic of some kind. So it's got a it reflect- has like a it has a reflectivity to it. Yes, it's got a yeah. reflectivity over it. It's definitely got a clear coat over it. And then the divider for 12 hour time it's weird because head on it's also black and then when you kind of tilt it it's got sort of a silver look to it yeah but it's it's very fleeting it doesn't it doesn't stay it's you see it you can acknowledge that it's there it's really hard to photograph but then when you look at it again it's all black let me tell you this thing it really does have is this is like, this your is this your spirit animal? Your, this your, is your... this is like the like ideal what people would refer to as a shitter. Like this is like a <laughs> a perfect shitter. And I've I've got it. So you got black bezel, black dial, red GMT hand. I've got it in the last of the uh, NATOs that Bon Temps made for me. So it's got my logo with the. The red square and the white so this is so this i've got this matched to a t like this is like fit god level status so this is the broke x yeah i'm not gonna lie it fits the bill perfectly it's got the color scheme down down to so all you cheeseheads out there if you're looking for the if you're looking for the bro dinky special there's their there's your broke x right there you know and because it's a gmt GMT. it it has a a bi-directional friction bezel and how's the action I mean, it's good. It goes both directions, and it's not. It's pretty stiff. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't move too too easily on you. Where you find it, I always hated that about the uh, compass bezel Seikos, like the Saab 017, because the second crown was so sensitive that the little red triangle that indicated north was always off twelve, and I was like, God damn it! Like especially yeah. when you take a really good picture, and you're like. Oh, that looks oh, like crown. <laughs> I forgot to check the crown. Yeah. 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 But it, it, it doesn't, you know, it's, it's got enough resistance so that it doesn't wiggle, but you can move it very easily. 
And I don't mind it not having a screw down crown because it's not a dive watch. So exactly. It it just remedies a lot of the I don't know, little issues that I kind of had yeah. with the the more early on Seiko five releases. Yeah, the Seiko five air quotes diver. <laughs> yeah. Street, I mean, you, or, or you still get that Seiko five street diver. <laughs> yeah, you still get that kind of weird Seiko, I don't know if it's a five or a, a Kirby S, but yeah, it is what it is. That's gonna be on. There's no way to take it off. So the Superman shield. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But let me tell you, for for a few hundred bucks, like this really satisfies a lot of like that black GMT master itch for like a fun watch. You know what I mean? Obviously, and, and again, it's you know, not it's, a GMT master. I'm fully aware. But for the for price sure. point, for the price point and what you're getting, and a really, in my opinion, great aesthetic. I mean, you got red text on there too, like. It's got a little bit of everything. It's got a lot of very popular tropes about it that are that are cool. Um, I'm re- I'm really enjoying it so far. So no, man, I'm I'm happy for you. Congratulations, that's certainly a cool watch. And I knew it was only a matter of time before you actually picked that up yourself. Uh, I've you know, seeing... Matt, you know whose fault it is? It's Matt Matt from Spirit of Time's fault. When I was on with him, he had he got it the day it dropped. He got the orange one, and I was he like, got the orange one. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. mother, like my, my I would say my only gripe about the watch is the endlet. First of all. Still not doing solid end links, which, come on, it's twenty twenty two. Give me a solid end link, but hollow end link and the 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 end link itself is like a faux jubilee. Like it it has what looks like middle links, but they're just part oh of the, yeah, yeah the link. It's not yeah. <laughs> individual links. Like yeah, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. the start of the bracelet where the yeah. actual five. So it doesn't it, it it stands out before it drops down. Yeah, and it and, yeah. and it's got protrusions where the inner link should be, but they're not inner links. They're just like a molding of it. Yeah. Which is a little bit corny. But again, it's got it's got the, the usual sort of Seiko measurements. So you can throw any 22 millimeter rubber or NATO or whatever you have on it. Yeah. And, it'll, it'll it, look I, and fire, are they so. uh are they fat bars? These are you know they're not the super fat bars that come on things like the um SK. monster and things like that yeah. they're thicker than your typical spring bar but i wouldn't call them fat boys okay uh but you know so, you they're, can, so they're not the two millimeter <laughs> no but you know what i mean if you're gonna get a like a rubber or something from from uncle seiko you might as well get some spring bars too he's got yeah. every every different size you can imagine shout yeah, out to uncle some, seiko <laughs> get, some, get you some slim fats yeah and know? a nice nice waffle strap or something there you go. There you go. I love it, man. Congratulations. That's a very cool watch. Yeah. So that I mean that would be my slam dunk pick for for GMT travel watch. Also, honorable mention, a watch that I, I spent a little time with was the Orient Polaris. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Uh I don't think that I have. Let me look at it. It's an Orient GMT. It's like it was like four hundred bucks when I, when I Orient Polaris. Orient Polaris. And it, it comes in a few different colors. The one the one I, I toyed around with was it was white dial, blue accents, blue hands. Oh I yeah, I have seen yeah. this watch. I've but it's got cool, it's got cool dial texturing. It's it's pretty neat. Cool. And is it mechanic? It's obviously mechanical. It's got power yeah. reserve on it. Yeah, it's a mechanical watch. Very cool. Yeah, not too bad. Very classy for the price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure. 41 mils, not terrible. So I knew I knew that you were gonna take the Seiko. 
<laughs> GMT. I mean, how could how could you not? Because I mean, that is kind of the the uh, the big one. So uh, I went a little bit uh, sideways, uh, knowing that you were going to 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 zig, I was going to zag. So instead of doing um, mechanical GMTs, I went with two quartz GMTs. Okay. So uh, I think uh, for many many years, if you're looking for uh, somewhat of a GMT ish uh timepiece um certainly the the time xq with its 12 hour bezel can be used like a gmt i think that makes a lot of sense for a lot of people it's 179 dollars, and now they just upgraded it as we've talked about before on the podcast with a true gmt caliber so you can actually get a real gmt uh in the in the queue which i think is fantastic uh so there's that and then another watch that i have owned personally um I have a Boulder Venture. Uh, specifically, I had the worn and wound version, but there is another variation that is a quartz GMT in titanium. Uh, these are 38 millimeter watches, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Boulder has been certainly talked about by a lot of different micro brands uh, and reviewers over the years. They do stuff at wind up and all different types of stuff like that. Uh, but the Venture is, is a great watch in, in, in the mechanical version. Uh, certainly the GMT version is very cool, but again, just know it is, it is a quartz movement, uh, but you are getting a, a nice looking fieldish GMT ish timepiece for three or 400 bucks. So, and it's titanium. So there you go. Yeah. And sort of another honorable mention that it, it falls a little bit outside the price range. Um, but the glycine Airman. Oh yeah, I had one of these. It's a super cool watch. First of all, really, really light and comes in a variety of sizes. I had a thirty-six millimeter, and it was pretty damn dope. Like I, I almost wish I I hadn't sold it. But check this out, right? So one day I'm I'm out to dinner and I'm wearing this thing, and I just take it off, and I happen to just go look. I knew it was a limited edition. I go look at the case back. Number one. Your limited edition number was one. One of a thousand. I probably still what? have a picture of it. It was zero, zero, one. That is so cool. It was really, really cool. That's really odd because most brands, when Usually, they make... That's like, an, like a, an honor to have number one, right? It's not even that. Most brands actually keep number one. Yeah. Like if they produce, like uh, like I've heard from, from, from people that I know that Omega, when they produce like a, a limited edition, they'll keep like number one, number two. Right. So they always have yeah. something to show that they made this watch. You know what I mean? That's why I thought it was crazy. I was like, oh my God. I yeah, gotta so I gotta dig up the picture. I gotta see if I can that's, find it. That's but. so that's so crazy. That's so odd. But so cool. So very cool. Yeah. And so I wind up moving it on to check this out. A dude who was actually in the military who had almost like uh I don't want to call it a shrine, but sort of just uh something honoring his his guys that he served with and oh, some who are no longer with us and yeah he's like yeah he's like i'm sorry he's like i want to put he's like i want he's like i love that it's it's number one he's like i want to put it in in this you know this tribute and and have it there with like a bunch of other like memorabilia and stuff that they they have had and i was like ah, that's okay. actually pretty i was like that's actually pretty cool so you, you can have it <laughs> i like that so, yeah i like so. that respect Respect. I went. I went up moving it on. I, I like I said. I kind of wish. Hey, I at least you moved it on for a good reason. You know, yeah. it's like 
It's a, it's, that's a good reason. So very, very cool on that front. But that's it, man. Any uh, anything else that you got uh, that you want to mention or, or or talk about before we uh, we wrap up today's episode? Not really. Just I guess you know, don't sleep on the starter watch. I, I think even no matter how far you along you are in your journey and what you're doing, I, I don't see why you, you can't have a little fun in the shallow end of the pool. And if you know you're somebody starting out, find what you like that way. Don't don't jump too early. You know, don't don't. Go up the ladder too fast, you know. Enjoy it at the at the shallow end. That's honestly, that's when it's the most fun. Watch yeah, collecting is. is the most fun when you're you're trying things out and the the price tags aren't too serious, and you can just well, wear things that you buy. And you know what? Enjoy them for a while. Don't don't try to graduate too fast. Enjoy what you buy first. That's like my piece of advice that I would give my former self: is enjoy the first pieces. And really yeah. wear them around and find out what you like about them, what you don't like about them, and try to narrow it down and find the perfect piece for you in that range, and then move up. You know, it's it's uh, you have your whole life to do that. Don't don't rush into it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I, I certainly echo those those sentiments. But you know, on the flip side of that, I also encourage seasoned collectors go back out and go buy something that's not too in that's not too expensive you know go back out and feel what it's like to 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 own something that you know is is just good for what it is at that price it's not trying to be anything it's not it's not trying to be anything it isn't it's just it it, it is that thing at that price and it's sometimes it's such a fun exercise just to go back and relive what it's like to be the one watch guy at the $300 price point, you know, it's always about perspective. And I think as we continue to grow in this hobby and we spend so much more money, sometimes, you know, four or five times the price of some of these watches that we talked today on one watch, it's a good exercise to kind of remember and keep yourself grounded of what it's like to wear an SKX of what it's like to wear, you know, some of these timepieces because, you know, life's too short. We should never take things too seriously. And I think uh, this is certainly a great exercise uh, in which to do that. So I recommend it. Go out there, have some fun, buy some 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 watches. And, and for those of you who are listening to this for the first time, getting into the hobby, welcome to Watch Fam. And hopefully, this was a look at different things that maybe you hadn't come across your your your, your radar yet or your feed yet. So uh, if that's the case, go out and go check these brands out. Give them a whirl. Give them a shot. Find out what you truly love, and and you'll like collecting it a lot more. Yep, and be prepared to see plenty of this uh, GMT watch I just picked up. So <laughs> <laughs> the the Bro KX is coming to your feed. Here we go, baby. Yeah, I love it. I love it. All right, guys, thanks again for tuning in to episode forty-one of the Risk Cheese Radio Podcast, your place for horological hot takes, taboo topics, and often unpopular opinions. We'll catch you on the next one. Signing off.